Welcome to Step Into the Story, incredible conversations of how the Bible changes lives, changes families, and changes communities across the globe. And here's your host, Phil Tuttle of Walk Through the Bible. Welcome to Step Into the Story. Each time we get together, uh, we have a conversation with a guest and we explore the intersection of their story and God's story. And a number of you have asked me, where do you find these guests? Uh, how do you choose who gets to be on your podcast? And the real true answer to that is God picks our guests. I truly believe that. And, you know, sometimes it's a conversation where it's somebody I've wanted to talk to sometimes for a long time. Um, other times, um, it really seems to be, this is a conversation I need to have. And today is one of those. I, I hope that you get some benefit from this, but this is kind of a selfish episode for me because um, if there's one area I want to grow in in the next year, it's becoming more a person of prayer. And our guest today, Jody Burnt, has written a number of books. Jody, welcome to Step Into the Story. Well, thank you, Phil, so much. And I, I will tell you that I share that desire to grow to be more of a person of prayer. And honestly, I think in our deepest core, probably that's something we all want is that intimacy with God and that chance to talk to him more. So thank you for that. Yeah, I've Jody, I first ran across um, your writings. I think the first book that I ever ran into uh, was your book on praying the scriptures for your children, um, which really, really, really helped me a lot. It's so easy for prayer to be, um, Lord bless this person, fix Aunt Tilly's ingrown toenail, um, <laughs> help this help this person to not be quite as big as a jerk as they really are, and <laughs> and um, you know it's it's easy for prayer to be kind of transactional rather than relational. And I just want to thank you for your writings. I know you've written on other topics, but it's especially your books on prayer that I think God has. God has just made that a centerpiece for your ministry. So thank you very much for your writing. Well, um, you are welcome, but but I can't really take credit for that. Um, I would call myself an accidental prayer author, just as somebody who felt a lot of need to pray for her family, her friends, her life, all of that. Um, I would say I kind of fell backwards into that. And it's been a delight to discover what scripture says about all the needs we face in our lives and how to learn to weave those into our prayers. But um, it was not something I set out, set out to do. And I would not consider myself any kind of an expert. I'm just in here learning along with all the rest of us. Mm. Well, let's, let's go back to the, to the early part of your life. And, um, you know, because it is a, it is an interesting niche of service that God has called you into. And like you say, it, it was not something that you aspired to, but, um, I want to, I want to go back and find some of the early, um, just the hints of, of God in your life. Um, tell us some about your family growing up. Where'd you grow up? And tell us a little bit about, did you have siblings? Tell us about your parents, all that good stuff. Oh, uh, what fun. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about this particular podcast. I've listened to several episodes of people that I admire and I know their work, but I love the way that you introduce listeners to kind of people's, as you say, their backstory, their life story. I feel like now I know some of these folks um, mm. almost personally. So thank you for that. Well, I am the eldest of four siblings and um, 
when I was eight years old, my father, who'd gone to um, Harvard Business School and was a successful, uh, you know, working man, uh, came home and he was a great citizen. He's a great father, coached the softball team. We went to church, you know, just kind of the model man came home one day and said he'd been to a full gospel businessmen's association luncheon. He'd been invited by someone. And he said, do you know, I learned that it's not about being a good person, you know, and, and giving back to your community and being a good dad and all of that. He said, but I learned that I'm a sinner and I, mm. I need grace. And we all, we all do. And here I am eight years old and you better believe I knew at that age, I was a sinner. It made complete sense to me that, uh, you know, I, I needed a savior. And so as my father outlined this new message that he had heard for the rest of us, we all jumped in and I would say, so as an eight-year-old, I accepted Christ and kind of never looked back. And I won't say that I had, you know, a spot-free life or anything, but, but I always uh, trusted God or tried to trust him and um, wanted to pursue him and wanted to know him better. And I've always kind of seen him as as faithful and loving and good. And I, I do credit a lot of that to my parents who modeled what faithful, loving and good parenting looked like. And also who really, you know, when, when they dove into becoming um, what we at that time, and it was in the 1970s called born again, you know, when they became sure. born again believers, um, you know, we never looked back as a family that became uh, scripture reading, family devotions, those things all became part and parcel of our existence. So grateful to have parents who, who raised me that way. Mm. Yeah. I know you, you and Robbie have really deep roots in Virginia. Did you grow up in Virginia? I didn't. Um, I grew up kind of more in the Northeast. Um, we'd lived in Boston and then in New York and New Jersey. I moved down here when I was in high school to Virginia and I began marketing myself as a Southerner because I find that if you live in the South, people really like Southern people. So, um, so yeah, I say I'm from Virginia, even <laughs> though I'm now telling your listeners, I'm outing my secret that I'm a Yankee at heart, but I went to the university of Virginia, which is where I met my husband, Ravi and where we actually wound up sending all four of our children. So I think we do call Virginia home. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in central Illinois and my wife's from Charlotte. So uh -huh. um, we live in Atlanta now um, where Walk Through the Bible is headquartered. But uh, we've been down here since 1992. And my wife's like, OK, we're moving just in time. Our kids are four and one. There's still time to, you know, raise proper Southerners. Exactly. And yes. We moved to Atlanta when we had a two year old and a one year old. And then we had two children born there. And I like to think that they got some good Southern tucked into their upbringing. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what were you into? Um, you mentioned high school. Um, like what, what was your favorite subject? What activities were you into in high school? Well, I'm not very athletic. The only team I was ever on was the debate team. I would like to be athletic. I love <laughs> sports. I love college football, college basketball. Um, but that is not an area where I was graced. Um, but I, I loved doing Young Life. You're probably familiar with that sure. ministry. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of, and you know, living in Virginia Beach, which your listeners might not know is actually a beach. Um, we are the world's largest resort city. So uh, I love going to the beach. That is an absolute favorite activity. And it was super fun to go to a high school um, where that's where all the kids gathered every weekend to meet, to play volleyball and hang out and go swimming. So um, it was yeah. a really great place, great place to grow up. So you went to UVA. What did you major in there? I majored in English. Um, I wanted to go into television broadcasting, but at that time, UVA had a very small um, you know, media department. And we did produce a show, you know, while I was there, but there were only about eight of us. And, um, 
And so I got out of UVA and I wasn't sure what uh, to do with myself and landed a job at the Christian Broadcasting Network where I became um, a writer, a producer, sometimes um, on-air talent and really discovered a love for television. And I thought that's what God would do with me. Um, And then we moved to Atlanta and I went to a Bible study and sat next to a woman who told me that her husband needed a writer and she'd heard I'd written television shows and he was working on a book. And I said, well, you know, a book's really different than TV. Like I know how to write stuff like stay tuned and up next. (laughs) And I think, I think for a book, you kind of need a little something more, but um, anyway, she introduced me to her husband. His name was Ron blue and being in Atlanta, you probably know that financial and investment planning books. And so I was able to write, uh, I don't know, maybe four different um, books about financial management, about investing, about giving with Ron. And that just kindled in me a real love for um, communicating through the written word, through writing books. And it also sidebar, which makes my husband very happy, taught me about money management. So that was, mm. I don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm good at that, but at least I know a lot more than I did before I got to write those books with Ron. <laughs> yeah. At least, you know, when you're messing up, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a big part you know, of it. I it's came for- home one day and I told Ravi, I said, Ravi, I've learned the secret to financial freedom. And he said, well, what is it? And I said, it's spend less than you earn. And I think he just thought, oh my gosh, (laughs) I think he was grateful to Ron for teaching me that, but. (laughs) Well, that's, that's, uh, that's what it comes down to. That's what Ron always said, spend less than you earn and do it for a really long time. And uh, that's the real key to financial freedom. It's really interesting. Ron Blue was on our board at Walk Through the Bible. This is a long time ago um, before I was on staff, uh, let alone president here. Um, but the two the two ministries, Ron Ronald Blue and Company and Walk Through the Bible, really have parallel histories here in Atlanta. And um, I did not know that you had that connection. Well, so that, there you go. And thanks be to God for both of those ministries, because think of how many lives you all have been through the grace of God, able to touch and change and impact for great things. So thank mm-hmm. you. So you and and Robbie met in college. Um, yep. Was it? love at first sight? Was it mutual? <laughs> did you keep him locked in the friend zone forever? How, how did, how did this all to come together? Him, I had to keep him locked in the friend zone. I wanted to put him in the love zone, but he wasn't really walking with Christ when we first met. He would tell you it was love at first sight. I would tell you, I thought he was super cute and fun and would be a great match for one of my sorority sisters. And so I set them up and it didn't really take. um, And so, uh, but he and I continued our friendship and thanks be to God. It also at the time parallel to me, I wouldn't say because of me, but certainly in a parallel universe, he began to have an appetite wedded for the Lord um, and gave his life to Christ while we Mm. were at UVA, which was so great because I did find my heart kind of really fallen for him. And I don't know what I would have done had he just kind of remained in his, place where Jesus was good on Sundays, but that was it. I, I loved when he gave him his life all week long. Wow. And so um, what, what kind of work has he been involved with? Well, he's done all kinds of things. Um, he worked with a company um, when we lived in Atlanta, it was called Trader Publishing. Now it's Dominion Enterprises and they do media things all over the country. So hmm. that's what he did for most of his career. And now he is retired from that and working with um, several other smaller companies, just um, kind of working on some neat things that uh, might help make the world a better place nutritionally and um, fitness wise. And we're, we're excited about that. Uh, That's great. So at what point 
did you, I mean, I, I, you already explained a bit, you, you know, you were pursuing a broadcasting media career. Um, but at, at what point did you realize that you had a, a writing gift more than just, yeah. you know, stay tuned after this message, we'll be right back uh, writing transitions <laughs> for other people, but, but you sharing your own heart with your, your own thoughts and your own discoveries. When did that start to come together? Well, um, you know, Colossians three, I think it's verse 23 says that whatever your hand finds to do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And when I began writing with Ron, even though I didn't know if I you know, had what you call a writing gift or not, I did work at it with all my heart and um, loved working hard, doing the research, putting the sentences together. And, um, and then the publishers actually approached me saying, you know, thanks for doing this financial stuff, but we think miracles are going to be a really neat topic in coming years. How about writing a book on miracles? And I just laughed because, you know, I didn't never did a book proposal, never did a book idea. It kind of took the romance out of the whole, I have a dream of writing a book because I thought, well, I never heard that a publisher would call you and ask you to write a book, but in my case they did. And so I got to write a book about how God works in the miraculous ways. Um, and then when we began to have our children and I was praying for them and seeing God answer and realizing how many uh, places in scripture address the needs that our children have, um, I thought, is there you know, any need that we have that God's word doesn't cover? And I think the answer is no, I think he covers it all. Mm -hmm. And I knew what I was praying for my own kids. And I tell the story of us getting in the car and just, you know, with four kids born in six years, somebody was always squabbling, right? You know, there, maybe I shouldn't say, right. Maybe other families don't go through this, but for us, it was, you know, his foot they in do, my face. They do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. she sat on my lunch, whatever it was. And so, um, I often say that my first experiment with praying scripturally was when I was reading my Bible and I came upon Ephesians four, verse 29. And that's where God says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it would benefit those who listen. And I read that and, and it just arrested my eye. I stopped while I was reading. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is like God is spying on our carpools. He's spying on me and my family. We need to speak like that. We need to have wholesome talk come out of our mouths. And I mean, we weren't a family of cussers or anything, but just the kind of words where you want to build each other up and, and be like gifts given to one another. Um, so that became Ephesians 4.29 sort of became a banner verse for me. And then I asked other parents what they were praying for their kids. And people, of course, told me all kinds of things. You know, people wanted a eventual marriage partner. People wanted their kids to be nice to each other, to do well in school, to be safe and healthy, um, to, to know the Lord, you know, to grow in their faith, all of these things. And I wound up actually sending a survey out. And this was before Survey Genius or Facebook or any mm -hmm. of those sign up monkey. Well, I, you can tell I don't know technology, all those things. So I, the survey was actually on a piece of paper and I would send it, you know, if I saw you in the grocery store, I'd give it to you. I put them in our Christmas cards and I got more than a hundred of them back. And the answers of what people were praying for and kind of how they saw God moving were really what ignited my desire to research again in scripture to see, okay, do, what does he say about friends? You know, give me friends who will love, not just with words, but with actions. That's from first John chapter three. Um, I, he has something for everything. So I began to kind of dig around in scripture, see what the Bible had. And I pitched it to the publisher and I said, you know, I, I, I don't have any you know, right to ask this, but I see it working in my life. I'd love to do a book about how we can use the Bible to pray for, 
for our children to use what God's promised us, what he says, and turn those words back into prayers. And they accepted that idea. And um, that's how praying the scriptures for your children was born. And I love that you remember it because as you probably know, it's been out 20 years. They came out with the 20th anniversary edition this year, which I was so grateful for, because as you might imagine, um, while a lot doesn't change, our kids always need, you know, character traits like wisdom and compassion. They always need good friends. But there are so many new things like a sense of identity of who we are that wasn't really on my radar right. 20 years ago or how our kids use technology. You know, that was that was not a blip 20 years ago. And now <laughs> it's a major prayer concern for so many parents. So we went back and updated the book and added those things and also put some stuff in there, too, to help parents teach their kids to pray, because you know, I, I speak all over the country and I run into people all the time who say, you know what, I was raised in the church. I'm a believer, but I've never heard of this kind of praying scripturally. And I certainly don't know how to do it with my children. You know, can you help me teach them so it won't be as awkward for them as it was for me? And so we put stuff in the, the updated book, too, to help folks do that. Yeah, Jody, the example you used of Ephesians 4.29, it's I mean, there's probably a lot of Christian parents who have read that verse and went, oh, there it is. That's yeah. <laughs> that's the ammo I need to to tell my kids that they got to cut it out what they're doing and instead do this. And um, but your approach so much, not only more positive, but more productive to say, don't use that verse as a club against your children. Use that verse in your own heart, in your own conversation to God, and pray that God will supernaturally build that fruit into my kids. Um, there's, and there's into all myself, the... I, pr I promise you, you know, it's not <laughs> just my kids. Like, they would laugh at me. They'd say, Mommy, why are you so nice to the lady in the bank window and so mean to us? You know, I was, I was right in there as well, needing God to let my talk be wholesome. So you're exactly right. You know, oh, yeah. Use it as, a, as a club, but as a promise that God gives us. Yeah, thank you for that confession. So um, it, it, we're going to take a second now. I want to. I want our listeners to hear about a, a resource from Walk Through the Bible that will really help them in this. What we're talking about today with Jody is is the cultivation of a relationship, and like any other relationship, our relationship with God thrives or stagnates based on our communication with him. And um, here's a resource from Walk Through the Bible you might find helpful in building more depth and just freer communication in that relationship. And then we'll be right back and continue our conversation with Jody. Want to read through the Bible in one year with us? The Daily Walk Bible is designed to guide you through your daily reading of scripture, taking you from Genesis to Revelation in the span of one year. Each day's reading includes several chapters of scripture, an overview to give you a bird's eye view of the day's reading, an insight offering an interesting fact from the day's reading, and my daily walk, a short devotion to help you reflect on and apply a specific insight from the day's reading. Every seventh day offers a pause on the journey as you are invited to look back over the readings from the previous week, look up to God, and look ahead to the reading to come. This is the Bible reading plan that will get you through Leviticus. To find out more about the Daily Walk Bible and our other Daily Walk resources, go to walkthrough.org slash dailywalk. That's W-A-L-K-T-H-R-U dot O-R-G slash dailywalk. Read through the Bible with us in 2022. 
Welcome back to Step Into the Story. And um, what is a really joy-filled but also challenging conversation uh, with Jody Burnt today, uh, author of uh, at least 10 books that, that I know of, but especially, Jody, you've done a lot of writing on the topic of praying scripture. And as I mentioned at the at the top of this conversation, I first ran into your writing um, in, in praying scripture for your children. There's a version of this praying scripture for your teens that I didn't no existed. I'd like to roll back the clock and uh, see how things might be might be different there. And now I'm praying scripture for your adult children. And we're kind of at the same life stage, empty nesters. Um, we have two kids and three grandkids. Uh, you now have four kids that you've launched. Uh, update us just real briefly on on your four kids and what's going on in their lives. Well, I have four children, all of whom are married now. This past year, we married off the last two, and we have two new grandbabies. Um, and so, yeah, that you laugh, you, you mentioned the praying the scripture for your children, for your teens, for your adult children. And the reason I think that all those books came about was that our kids kept growing and they kept having needs that I hadn't anticipated. And I like to say, you know, you never stop being a parent and you never stop praying. And now, as I pray for my adult children, um, praying into their jobs, into their adult friendships, always into their growth in faith and their marriages, you know, that they would overflow in love for one another. Um, and, and now what a delight it is also to, as you know, to be able to um, ask God's blessings on our grandkids, because I'll tell you what, my parents prayed for my children when they were little. And it was such a relief to me because I was up to my eyeballs in laundry and diapers and carpools and ballet lessons and you know it. And I just always kind of had this overhanging sense that I didn't have enough time to pray for my kids, to spend in the Bible, all of that. And knowing that my parents were at the helm and that they were covering us was such a gift. So just to any grandparents out there who are listening, just know that that role you play to pray for those grandbabies, even if you don't get to see them all that often, is just huge. It's a gift to your children. It's a gift to them. It's just wonderful. So do we have in, uh, are we foreshadowing here? Is there a book on praying scripture for your grandchildren in your future? Well, certainly uh, Zondervan has asked me about that one and it may come, but you know, what I like to say is do what I do, pick up praying the scriptures for your children and start it all over again for your, for your grandchildren, because all of our kids, whether they're children or, or grandchildren, you know, whatever their age, they do have those common needs for wisdom, for protection, for friendships, all of that. Hmm. I, um, I want to talk some about your newest book, um, Praying, the, Praying the Scriptures for Your Life, um, in, in a second. But, you know, I've, I'm staring here at, at a picture of your family. Uh, you have one beautiful-looking family. And, um, <laughs> you know, they always say girls look for somebody like their dad. My daughter has assured me she will not be doing that. And, <laughs> and guys look for somebody like your mom. Um, your four kids actually accomplished that. And uh, it, it is just it, it is just an amazing collection of um, really great looking human beings. Oh, well, um, you're very kind. And I will say that I do not take it for granted that we really love, I call it our team roster. Um, you know, I, I love my in-law children so much. And I know because I hear from parents of adult children every day that that is not always the case, that there are times when we may struggle to love the person that um, our, our adult child has chosen to marry. 
Mm. And yet, gosh, that's one of those things in, in praying the scriptures for your life, as you mentioned, that the Holy Spirit really can equip us and does equip us to love not out of our own strength, but out of God's riches. You know, um, we, we can do that. It, it's not always easy, but, you know, I don't put it this way. I don't take it for granted. I am so grateful for great. the children we have and their and their spouses. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's easy to read a website or or look at a family picture when we all scrub up and and right. look our best and figure out, you know, what we're going to wear and uh, hope you know, now with three grandkids, just getting everyone simultaneously not to cry. And, and for that is our, a major achievement. You're exactly. Right. For our dog chipper, not to run off at an inopportune <laughs> moment, but, but it's, it's easy when you pull that off and you put that out there for, for people to go, man, I, I want a life like Phil's. I, I want uh, a marriage like Phil and Ellen have. I, I would love to, I, I wish I were Jody. I wish I, I were married to Robbie like that. But the, you, you juxtapose that with the reality that most people I've ever known who um, have had a breakthrough in their own life of prayer, I mean, the people where where I'll go, that's how I want to learn to pray. Like Jesus' disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. The people, the reason I want to have this conversation honestly with you today, Jody, is because um, your, your books have helped me. Your new book is helping me. But just to be able to get behind that. I've never met anybody yet who has a deep and rich prayer life that hasn't also had at least their fair share of pain or, yeah. or trials. Um, yeah. Take us, take us beyond the standard bio or the, uh, the right. Wikipedia version of your life. Where does the depth, where does the, the desperation, honestly, that motivates a, a deep connection with God? Uh, give mm-hmm. us a couple of examples of how that came to be in your life. Wow. Yeah, that is a great question. And, you know, it's a little bit of a tricky question because where there are places of pain and heartache, I sometimes uh, often don't feel free to fully share because they're not always just my story. If something's gone on in one of my children's lives or you know, my exactly. husband's life or, or one of my you know siblings' lives, for example, um, it can be a real place of, of heartache and pain or disappointment, frustration, questions for God, all of that. Um, and yet, you know, for me to, to sit here and openly share that um, with you would, would be violating someone privacy. But I will go this far and tell you this, because I do write about some of the things in my books. Um, and there was a season, uh, to your point, of, of the, uh, the points of pain are so often what really ignites that intimacy with the Lord. There was a season when I was working on the adult children book where two of my four children were... Um, going through some really challenging things. And I thought I could see a clear runway to what the answer should be. And I was praying. And I, to this day, I can tell you, I think my prayers were good and holy and right. I don't think there was anything immoral about them. I think my motivations were right. I don't know. In one case, I can see why God didn't answer. In the other, I still, to this day, I'm not sure. And there was a lot of heartache there, a lot of pain there. Um, And I remember crying out to the Lord and saying, God, you know, I have walked with you for 50 years. I write books about prayer. I speak about prayer. I trust you in my head, but I'm not feeling it in my heart. And honestly, um, I feel really lame. I feel like I just need to kind of confess that to you because 
I don't feel like I should be as sad as I am, but I'm living with this disappointment and this um, uh, anger, even in a way and, and frustration and sadness. Cause there's nothing so painful for a mom is to see their child hurting. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, and God, you know, I, I trusted you. So help me understand. And he was so sweet and so gentle, Phil. You know, he said, Jody, you didn't trust me. You trusted in your agenda. You trusted in the outcome that you thought would happen or should happen. I don't want you to want the result. I want you to want the relationship. You know, I want you to want me. And he said, and in fact, your disappointment, your heartache, the struggle, those things are real. And I want you to bring them to me because I can take it. I can take your questions, your pain. And I want you to let me comfort you. You know, second Corinthians chapter one, God, Mm -hmm. he's the father of all comfort, the God of compassion. And it was like, he invited me to just almost climb into his lap. I mean, I could cry just telling you about it and just let it go and let him comfort me, even though I didn't have the answers. And I really learned then, you know, I'd been walking with him for, like I said, you know, nearly five decades and I'd been writing these books and speaking on prayer. But in that moment and at that time, I thought, wow, that's what God wants. He wants me to want him. And in his presence, Psalm 16 says his fullness of joy. And I was not, you know, tapping my heels and clapping my hands, that kind of joy. But there was a deep satisfaction that transcended any material gift or, you know, job blessing or relationship blessing God could have given my kids that deep satisfaction that came just from intimacy with him and being in his presence. And I heard a a speaker once say that God sometimes might give us a wound, something that makes us dependent on his strengths, you know, kind of like Jacob's limp or Paul's thorn in his flesh. And I think that can sometimes be the case to your point of a lot of times people who seem to have this sort of depth of prayer life are people who have taken their heartaches and gone to God with them in all honesty and just said, help me with this. And and left them with him and had that um, that faith, even when we haven't seen the answer come to find mm. our joy and our satisfaction in his presence. That's wonderful because it is so easy to say, I'm kind of in limbo land until God comes through. I, I've in fact made recommendations to him of how to <laughs> resolve this situation. He's not yet responded to those suggestions. I don't understand that. Um, his, I guess it's because he's eternal. His schedule's always different than mine. But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, to realize that the peace can come in, in knowing, I mean, some of that is, is that through prayer, we do really cast our anxiety on God. Mm -hmm. He's going to be up all night anyway. Um, and, and there's burdens he never designed for us to carry. We're not, we're not built for that. Um, but just to hear you say that it's not only when the check mark goes next to that request in our, in our spiral notebook, you know, but that, right. He is answering. I am confident he is answering, um, even if I don't see what is the heartache in my life um, being reconciled yet. I'm I'm so yeah. glad you expressed it that way. I really yeah, am. And and I love what you said about his timeline being eternal because I am a firm believer that the answers to our prayers continue to unfold and take shape long after you know our mouths have stopped praying. And in some cases, you know, I talk to parents who are praying for a prodigal child to come home or a a broken marriage or a healing, and they're not seeing that happen. 
And yet God would say, you know, my timeline is not your timeline. You have been so faithful in prayer. Please trust me. And that's all we can do is say, okay, God, you know, I, I will trust you. And what a, what a invitation to peace and relief for us that we can live with the uncertainty of not knowing how or when the answer will come, but also have undergirding that the fact that we serve a good God who loves us enough to do all that we ask or imagine, do more than that, and who's powerful enough. You know, that the double nature of God's power to help us and his willingness because of his love is just what I go back on again and again and just say, you know, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you will. Mm. Let's talk about about your newest book in the in the time we have left together. Praying the scriptures for your life. The subtitle: Thirty One Days of Abiding in the Presence, Provision, and Power of God. Um, you know, I in anticipation of this conversation uh, about a week ago, I'm like, oh, I need to, I I need to at least skim. I need to read Jody's new book before we talk. Um, this is not. I'll just tell you this, folks. This is not a skimmable book. Um, this <laughs> book is, um, it's, it's a handbook. It's a, it's not the classroom lecture style book. It's, it's the lab session. Um, my background is, is pre-med as a lot of our listeners know. And this is, this is definitely a lab manual more than a classroom, uh, collection of classroom lectures put down in words. Um, there's a, a familiar pattern in here. You'll usually write on a topic for a couple of pages, and and then there's there's a section where you just say read, and and you've collected um, three to five scriptures that kind of give us God's mind on a topic, and then uh, some really good questions under reflect that you know help get it off the page and into your life. I like to say, but then there's the respond section, and and this is the part that. To me, Jody, is what sets your writing on prayer apart from pretty much everybody else I've read. The respond section is us then talking back to God, but not just random thoughts or or dumping our grocery list of needs, but it's actual scriptures where where we talk back to God using phrases, sentences, sometimes whole verses from scripture. How did you get started doing that? Because when, when you read it, when you start doing it, it makes all the sense in the world, but I just don't hear that taught, let alone see that modeled very often. Where was the genesis of that approach for you? I wish I could point to an actual moment. um, But I think it's something that morphed over time because I think so often we look at our time with the Lord where we think, okay, well, I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray. And we look at those as sort of two separate uh, prongs sort of in what we would call a quiet time or whatever. Um, and yet I think God is saying, hey, the Bible is a conversation. It's, it's my word to you. I want you to read it and pray it back to me because this is where you're getting to find out what I think about things. And it's your chance to say to me, Hey, I read God today, you know, where um, I'm worried and and your scripture in Philippians four talks about um, not worrying about anything, but praying about everything and telling, you know, God, your needs and thanking him for his answers. And I just think God's saying, 
okay, you can pray that, you know, that's what I'm giving you as a promise or a command. Don't worry about anything, but you can say, Lord, help me not to worry about anything, but to tell you my needs and, and, and have your peace come into my life. Um, so I just have loved seeing, you know, the, the word we know is alive, right? Hebrews right. 4, it's alive. Um, and when we see it as a living, breathing, I don't even want to say document because it's not, it's just, a, it's a being almost. Jesus is the word. And, and so as we're reading it, we're really in, entering into conversation with him. So that's kind of how those respond to scriptures came to be. I just wanted to give folks, and you know, you've seen the book, you know, the topics are all over the place from, um, from asking for help in any situation to avoiding the comparison chap. You know, I wrote the chapter in there on uh, aging well, because I'm at that phase where I want to, you know, do what the message translation says in Psalm, I think 90, the longer they live, the brighter they shine, but mm -hmm. verses on resting in God or chapters on resting in God or using your time and talents, praying about your marriage, your kids, all of these things, you know, and it was kind of hard for me to, to limit it to 31 different felt needs or topics, but that was the goal of it, of just saying, you know, maybe the whole book is not one that you care about every single chapter, but maybe you do need wisdom, or maybe you need joy, or maybe you need to know how to share your faith or to live with greater gratitude. Well, guess what? Turn to that chapter, read, as you said, there's just a few pages and they're not meant to be super, you know, deep theological reading. They're, they're more of a, of a conversation style chapter. And then get into scripture to find out what God thinks and what you can pray to him about that particular topic in your life. Because really that's, you know, the subtitle of abiding. I know that's a very old fashioned word, but Jesus says in John 15, if you abide in me and my, I like the NIV, it says, if you remain in me mm -hmm. and let my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So what he's saying is the more we, you know, get into the Bible, the more we remain in it and let what we read there shape, not just our thoughts and our perspective, but also our prayers. That's his invitation to us to ask. And then he goes on in the next verse in verse eight, he says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We want to be fruit bearing people, productive. We want to live lives that matter. And I contend that the way we do that is through prayer, because prayer is what releases God's provision in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you explained how to use the book that way, because, you know, it, it is it is set out. I mean, you could have a very rich month with God doing one of these a day, uh, working through it in order. Um, that's not the approach I took. I just kind of skimmed the table of contents. And, you know, day number four, it was like, beep, 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 beep. And yeah. lo loving people, even when it's hard. It's like, exactly. okay, you know, let's, why isn't that a whole book? But um, <laughs> the, honestly, the scriptures that were there, um, God really spoke to my heart through those. And, um, but it wasn't until I was then praying the scripture back to God. It's like his Holy spirit just said, okay, what about this person? And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Jody, there, there is a relationship in my life. That's not where it needs to be right now. It's kind of a, a broken relationship, disagreement on some issues. And, and just as clear as anything, the spirit of God, when I was quoting the scripture back went, okay, so how long are you going to wait for the other person to make the first move? Mm, Even wow. though clearly wow. it's 95% yeah. their fault. Um, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. Why don't you own the part that you're responsible for and yeah. 
Um, I, I will now I'm committing here right now. I'm going to make the first move. Uh, and that yeah. is specific application um, to your writing. Sure. But, but more than anything else to praying scripture back and the Holy spirit saying, okay, you just said it. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. do it? And, and isn't that so beautiful, the way the Holy Spirit does do what Jesus said he would do in John 16 and bring to mind everything Jesus taught us, because if all we had was the Bible, that would be a great thing. But from the life application perspective, I, I love that story you just shared of the Holy Spirit saying, OK, you've read this. Now, let me get that's really right. real. That's yep, right. Yep. And my, my eyes, I think probably the next one I jumped to was day 14 about um, finding freedom from worry and fear. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's something that's been a struggle for me. And now seeing in my son who's married, has three kids and, and, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll hear him express some things and, and I'm just like, oh man, the acorn did not fall far from the tree <laughs> when that issue. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to, to share this, this with him. Um, you, you know, and, and then 27 on aging well. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not, my wife's three weeks older than I am. So I sometimes I'll say, you make me not sure I want to get old when I see what you're going through. I don't, what, what am I going to be like in 21 days? But, um, you know, just to, just to realize that scripture addresses that beautifully too. And, it really um, does. And earlier I quoted, I think I said Psalm 90, it's actually Proverbs for in the message that says the longer they live, the brighter they shine. And isn't that a wonderful thing, wonderful perspective on aging to look forward to being shining brighter as we, as we age. Mm. Well, I cannot endorse this book strongly enough. And, and Voskamp's um, forward is not to be skipped either. It's beautiful. Uh, that's worth the price of the book right there. Her, uh, her writing is beautiful. Her sentiments are so anchored in scripture. I just am so grateful to her. Mm. Um, you know, as we, as we wrap this up today, Jody, I, um, how can our listeners be praying for you and don't give us a, a simple answer and go, well, just pray scripture for me. Um, yeah, what, no. what do I'll, you, I'll be, I'll just get really real because this is a place I can share because this is all my junk and my pain. You know, I'm not worried yeah. about violating anybody else. I will tell you that I am kind of exhausted. Um, we've had, as I say, you know, a new grandbaby, we've had um, a child move. We've just had a lot going on. I released three books in the space of one year, wow. um, had, co had COVID just kind of, it, it was a 2021 was a crazy year. And I am supposed to be starting praying the scriptures for your marriage, which oh. is, uh, is the next one to come out this shoot. I'm under contract for that. And honestly, I'm feeling very empty and needing the Lord to come and, and revive my vision for writing and provide the stories that will need to go in that book. Um, so I would love your listeners to just pray for for me to have the energy and for the Holy Spirit and and the Lord to just provide those those stories that will equip and encourage marriages when that one comes out. Mm, and won't you and Robbie have a fun 2022 yes. as God yes. goes, you know, God don't want you sharing those old yes. stories of conflict in your marriage. We need to gather some fresh manna off the ground. Oh, 
you're so right. You're so right. So yes, everybody pray over us too, because I'm sure poor Rami, he didn't sign up for this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Father, I do pray for Jody and and also for Robbie and for their entire family and and now the legacy that's being built out um, to the third and fourth generation as we've heard about Jody's parents and the um the, just the great discovery that you allowed her dad to make that changed the eternal destiny now of, of several generations. Lord, thank you for drawing her dad to you and, and then the, the rest of the family. And Lord, I thank you for all the ways that you have helped many people through Jody's writings, through her speaking. Lord, give her wisdom and what to say yes to and what to say no to. Um, give her give her great discernment. Um, not every opportunity and not every need is a calling. Lord, help her to be to be willing to um, filter those things out. It's it's hard to say no to good things so that she has the margin to say yes to the best things. And Lord, I pray that she would continue to pour her life into her kids and um, their spouses, and now especially influencing these these two little tiny grandkids and, and Lord, most likely more to come. And especially, Lord, that you would give her rest, that you would recharge not just a short-term battery, but the the long-term battery that needs the slow trickle charge after a year of COVID, after a year of just insane writing deadlines, after after having to communicate through Zoom rather than face-to-face, -face, which no doubt is part of how you recharge your battery, but it's, it's draining online, Lord, and all the other ways that these last couple of years have taken a toll on all of us, Lord. Um, help her to dig new wells with you, Thank you so that fresh water will be shared to her listeners, to her readers. And more than anything else, like, like I always pray for us at Walk Through the Bible, that we will not export something before we first experience it. Mm -hmm. So Lord, help that to be the reality of Jody and Jody and Robbie and their marriage. And Lord, thank you. Keep them close to you and and um, continue, continue to use them um, in lives just like mine and Ellen's here and all over the world. In the awesome name of Jesus Christ, the living word, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. That was woo, great. Well, everybody, this is why we get together on Step Into the Story. And you've heard um, one person's experience today of God drawing her close, not not through happy things lots of times, but through deep struggle. But Lord, thank you for um, just the integrity that you have, that you're not afraid of our fears. You're not put off by our doubts. You simply say, just be as open with to my answers as you are with your questions. And uh, I just encourage you, get, get this book. Um, praying the scriptures for your life or one of the other ones that, that Jody's written. You will not be disappointed in that, but don't just read it. Interact with it. Um, let the scriptures jump off the page 
and into your life. That's why we exist at Walk Through the Bible. And that's why we started Step Into the Story. We sure look forward to seeing you next time that we get together for another one of these conversations. Tell your friends about it, leave a review. Um, a lot more people need to hear this conversation. So share it with your friends and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for the Step Into the Story podcast, powered by Walk Through the Bible. We'd love to hear what you think by giving us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, don't miss a single episode by clicking the subscribe button. If you'd like more resources to help you explore and live God's word in your daily life, visit walkthrough.org. That's W-A-L-K-T-H-R-U dot O-R-G. Walk Through the Bible. Take a walk. Change the world.